Whether it's escalating oil prices, offshore oil exploration, subprime mortgages and foreclosures, the environment, banking, or the stock market, why does more government regulation always seem to be the answer? Do we have too much government regulation, just right, or not enough? We'll discuss it today. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Crystal College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. Oh, that house makes everything easy, the old Crosby, Stills, and Nash song. And Americans, uh, we seem to be in a panic about our economic house right now, including the mortgage crisis that we're going through, or at least trying to respond to now at this point. But we're in a crisis about everything in our economic house right now. We're not growing at the rate we'd like to be, so we think we're in a recession Uh, It doesn't matter whether we actually are in a recession or not. Whatever the numbers say, we certainly feel like we're in a recession, and that's enough for most people. Oil is expensive, so collapse must be coming. Mortgages are being defaulted. Can anyone help? There's a bank that may not be able to do what someone needs to come. I I need a deliverer, a, a chevalier, some hero to come. Oh, would the government please step in? And bring deliverance to me. Bring some kind of solution. Because regardless of what the problem is, the solution we desire is governmental. Why? What on earth are we thinking? And yet we've become that way about almost everything. If something goes wrong, we first step in and blame the government, and then we turn around and ask them why they're not stepping in to do something to help us. When we look at oil, we want some way to get the government to incentivize domestic drilling and solve our problem for us. When we look at Fannie Mae going under, then we say, oh, the government's going to have to step in and bail out Fannie Mae uh, because it's a government-sponsored entity after all, and uh, they're going to have to do something to keep it from going under because it's just too big to let it go under. You know, I I tell you what, my producer was just saying this, Dave Ramsey talks about the solution being in your house, not in the White House. That's exactly right. I agree with that 100%. Now, there are some things that probably do need to happen right now from the government because the government was already involved and messed it up to begin with. But I, the last thing in the world I need 
is more government involvement or activity in trying to solve all of these kinds of problems. Now, we started to move in this direction last time that we were talking, but we're going to take the full step this time and talk about how involved the government ought to be in our lives or how involved it shouldn't be. And I want to ask that from a Christian perspective. It's it's going to be true as an American citizen that I want to ask the same question, and my answer is not going to be far different. But the reality is that's because when we have a Christian perspective on government, we have a respectable limitation on what they ought to be doing. So last time when we were talking, I mentioned that government is a lot like water outside of a dam, that it naturally looks for a way through. I don't have to figure out if there's some motive for government to get into my life. The government is always motivated, just like water is always motivated to find a crack and get through it. It just doesn't take anything for it to want to get through. The only question is, is there a crack? And every time something goes wrong, for us, that becomes the crack. That becomes the gap that's open. And the water starts to flow through, and the government begins to flood our lives with regulations. Now, look, I'm blessed. I am happy to be an American. This is not an America bashing hour. We're not going to do that. That's not what I want to do. I'm grateful for many people who serve in the government and for their willingness to keep us safe in many areas of life. So I'm not just bashing government, but I'm guaranteeing you that it is the nature of government. And that's part of what I want us to talk about today. It is the nature of government to regulate more and more, to creep more and more insidiously into our lives. That's right, insidiously. Yeah, that's right. That's what they do. They get more and more involved in our lives, and because of that, take away inherently more and more of our freedoms. And those freedoms are the things that are guaranteed to us by our Christian heritage. That's right, I said it, by our Christian heritage, and also the thing we ought to be pursuing in our Christian interest. And so I want to talk about why the government wants to get so involved in our lives, how they're getting involved in our lives, and whether they ought to get that involved in our lives. And I I want to do it by also asking you, what your input on the government's involvement is. In other words, I'm asking you this, number one. What do you think your government is supposed to do? I simply do not believe that we could vote the way we have voted for the last many years and be content with the kinds of regulations we've grown content with if we had a consensus even on what we think the government is supposed to do. But I'm not sure people know what the government is supposed to do. And so I just want to ask you, what do you think the government is supposed to do? What is their job? That's my question for you. If you have an answer for the question, the number is 1-800-881-9270. 1-800-881-9270. You'll be talking to Jerry Johnson live. Barry Creamer will talk to you on the air. I want to find out what you think your government is supposed to be doing. What's their job? Secondly, if you have an opinion on this, I'd love to hear it. Where would you like to see less regulation? I think that should be an easy question to answer. I can think of all kinds of places that we should have less regulation. I'm just curious. In your own life, it may be true. In your business, in things you've seen happening to other businesses, problems you've seen coming up in certain industries, whatever. If you can think of an area in particular where government should be less involved in regulation, I want to talk about it. I want to have sort of a you know, buddy pat on the back today. I want somebody to say to me, I understand that we have too much government and I'd love to see less of it. Rather than reading the papers like I do every day, seeing the news that I see every day, and despairing that everyone thinks the government should solve every possible problem I could have. Yes, please. 
give me some consolation, some comfort, some hope here. Say to me, government doesn't need to be involved in every part of my life. Love your opinion. The number is 1-800-881-9270. Before we go on with this uh, uh, jaunt we're taking right now, let me go to Tom in Rockwall and ask you, Tom, what you have to think about all this and why it is you're calling in about property taxes, I believe. Hi. Um, hi. I'm hey. glad to take my call. Thanks for calling, Tom. We're having a lot of protests down at the uh, Dallas Appraisal District. And, uh-huh. uh, one of the things that's really just, I think, a despicable tax is the property taxes. You know, we talk about Christians putting people out of their homes. Well, that's one that really does put people out of homes, especially the elderly. Ah. Uh, they raise the taxes up, and everybody thinks that we just got to have that kind of a tax. But, you know, it puts us out of our homes. A lot of us sure. have uh, saved for a long time. Our families have given us land, and sure. here comes property taxes. And just you just can't pay the tax on it because they yeah. have escalated the taxes so much. Yeah, right. And uh, you go down and try to protest, and they just raise your taxes somewhere else. Right. And, and I understand how frustrating that is. And I listen, I we, we all understand. I mean, it, it costs money to live in a society, and we don't expect things for free. So no, if I'm, I'm going to drive... for anything to be free. Right, exactly. That, that property taxes is very selective. It selects those people who save, they earn their money, they've bought property, and then here comes government along and says, well... You know, because you've done this, they say you improve your property. Right, right. They say, well, hey, you know, your property is better than this guy, so we're going to charge you more money for it. Yeah, I, I yeah. People say, well, I don't want to improve my property because they're just coming, you know, tax money away from me. No, I definitely understand. Now, I will say, you know, right off the bat, there is this notion that renters, for instance, don't end up paying property tax. But that's, you know, that's, uh, of course, we know they do. They pay it through their rent to their landlord who pays their property taxes. So I can guarantee you no landlord is going to pay anybody's uh, taxes. There. No, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, but I'm guaranteeing you the landlord pays the property tax on their own property. He will pay it. But and he's, gonna and he's going to get it from his renters because he's going to charge his renters what he has to to make a profit off of renting the property to right. them. So that's all I'm saying. He folds it into it. Now, I, but I'm not, I, I still agree with you. I, I'm 100% in agreement with you. But I do want to point out, we're not saying that there should be no tax whatsoever. We are saying, though, that the fact that these taxes are applied to so many different resources that are not essential to government function, uh, that basically they are. They're taking the money out of the hands of people who have saved it for their entire lives so they can buy a piece of property. And that's a frustrating thing for people to go through because, you know, when you take and Tom, are you still there? I want to ask you one more. Yes, I don't I don't know what yours is like out there in Rockwall. Uh, but, you know, typically I see people who have a mortgage and they pay on their mortgage every month. And then they pay, in addition to that, their property taxes and their insurance every month. Mm-hmm. And their insurance is a small portion of what their mortgage amounts to. But when they add in their property tax, their property taxes and insurance together become equal to or greater than what they're paying on their mortgage. Now, I don't know if that's anything like what you go through out there. Well, your... I have my home paid off. And oh, okay. now my tax, just my tax uh, against my house right. is more than I had ever dreamed that I would ever have to pay in taxes. Yeah, oh, I, I... Completely off the scale. I yeah, I understand. Believe. Yeah, I think a lot of people are shocked when, and Tom, just thanks for a great call. I appreciate your input. And I, I know this is just the practical pain of having a government that's overreached in what it's trying to accomplish. And this is not federal government. This is local government. We're talking about city taxes, county taxes, hospital district taxes, uh, you know, school district taxes. We're talking about those kinds of taxes. And uh, we're thankful for the services that they provide that are necessary. But, man, some of those need to be pulled back and 
reined in. And the reality is a lot of people have realized that their hope that they would pay for their home and then not have a house payment from then on is really not realized because when they have their house paid for, they've still got a house payment. It costs them about as much every month as their mortgage was costing them. That's driving people crazy. I understand that frustration. The question is, what can we do about it? Because we can't cut all government services. So how do we say to the government, this is what I want you to do and no more. This is what I think your responsibility is, and this is where I think it should stop. Now, you may be calling in about that or something else, but you're welcome to call. Again, the number is 1-800-881-9270. Hopefully, we just freed up a line. And I'm going to go to John in Chrysler. Do I understand that right? Does that mean you're in Chrysler or in a Chrysler? No, no, I live in Hazlitt. Okay, Hazlitt. Nice to have you calling in. Appreciate you calling. What's up, John? What's on your mind? Well, the reason why I call is you was asking, where do you think I think the government should take and be interactive in our, in our lives? I think we need to go back to our forefathers whenever Thomas Jefferson and all them was, was writing our Declaration of Independence. You know, the government's only supposed to be there to take, they take and help they take and protect our freedoms. Yeah, yeah, they right. Take away our freedoms. Right. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm just so glad to hear someone out there say it. Um, uh, and I also believe that they need to go back and they need to take away the income tax because the income tax is only supposed to help support the uh, Civil War. What would you support? Something like a flat tax? Well, I mean, I would support something that the Treasury would have to take a send, uh, say, like the armed warriors every quarter. I would support something like that because what we're, we're supposed to be doing quarterly for our income tax. We're not supposed to be taking our... our, our well, you know, the original law on the income tax is no longer the thing that's governing what's done, obviously. And as much as we'd like to be able to say, hey, why don't they follow the rules they set down? They didn't. So what we have to do is figure out how to get from here to somewhere else. I've you know, I've enjoyed hearing people talk about the flat tax as an alternative way to approach this. It's an interesting approach. None of it's going to make any difference if the government keeps growing. I'm going to thank you, John, for a great call. It's getting a little hard to understand you on your phone. So I'm going to go to the next caller in just a second. But, but thanks. That was a great call. Appreciate your input. Go. Let's go to one more before we get to the break this time. I'm George in Grossbeck. Appreciate your call. And what's on your mind? Uh, yes, I would like to comment on uh, the uh, remark that you made to the first gentleman there. Go right about, ahead. Uh, um, the, the taxes. Yes. And I, I wanted to say I don't want to just, you know, come against what you were trying to say there. But that's right. we really can't blame the government for everything that's going on. I agree. Yes, the government has an innate nature to, to do what they're doing. I agree. Say it in uh, 10 seconds. You know, they, they make plenty of rules and regulations. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's our fault. That's exactly right. Right on our doorstep because we're the ones that put them in office. I, I could not say it better, George. I appreciate your call. I'm sorry we're running out of time right now because I'd love to hear more from you because the reality is it is our fault, not the government's fault. And that's exactly what I want to get to. And we're going to get to that as soon as we come back right after this break. You hang on on Jerry Johnson Live. I've got a full-time job and a family, and I'm also getting a master's degree at Criswell College. The new Mac at Night program offers evening block courses for a Master of Arts in Counseling degree. It's so convenient and fits my busy lifestyle as a mom and a professional. Mac at Night offers licensure and non-licensure programs so you can gain ministry knowledge and even prepare for a doctorate. Mac at Night professors are at the top of the Christian counseling field. And Criswell College is partnered with a number of ministries, so you'll get experience and great contacts. My friends and family are so excited to see me back in school with the Mac at Night program at Criswell College. A Master of Arts in Counseling has never been so convenient. 
Come on, join me for Mac at Night. For more details, call 800-899-0012 or visit chriswell.edu. Invest in God's kingdom and in yourself through the Chriswell College. See us on the web at chriswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. Come and listen to my story about a man named Jed. A poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. And then one day he was shooting at some food and up to the ground come a bubbling crew. Man, I think the government should have stepped in right there and told him he could not harvest that oil, that it would destroy his land, that it would ruin the environment, and that it would just cause an industrialization of something that ought to be preserved for uh, some kind of pristine wilderness setting. That's what should have happened with uh, Jed Clampett, because the reality is we need government to deliver us from everything. Now, we were talking to George a few minutes ago, and I understand he's called back and we were able to reconnect with him, because I wanted to hear a little more about what he had to say, because I really don't want any of our listeners to get the impression that we need to point our finger at the government and say, you bad people, what are you doing? In my opinion, they're just doing what we've asked them to do. We've just asked them to do way too much. Okay, George, so you're back on the on the line here, right? Yes, sir. Hey, thanks for calling back. I appreciate that. So uh, what's on your mind in addition to what we've already said? Well, I have to take it back to the Jacob and Esau thing. Okay. Uh, the Christian people as a whole have, in general, turned their their rights over for convenience mm-hmm. and for comfort. We sold our I mean, birthright. We, we've got our little our little world, our little group, you know, our four and no more, and we like the things that's that's going on, and, and we don't want to be bothered by all the hassle of, of red tape and government, so we just let somebody else do it, and we yeah. don't really care what they do yeah. as long as they leave us alone. Well, as long and, as they keep us from having any problems. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, we're expecting way too much of them because we put the whole burden of everything on them, right. and we won't take our responsibility as part of the government. Citizens are part of the government because yeah. in the Constitution, the preamble says it's for the people, by the people. That's exactly right. Now, I, okay, listen now, I, th- I appreciate your call. Thanks so much. And uh, y'all who are listening, that's going to free up a line for us, and you can call in. We're full. We were full right then, but now we should have a free line. The number is 1-800-881-9270 if you want to call in. Give your input on this issue about how much the government ought to be doing. But, George, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm voting for you. I don't even know if you're on a ballot anywhere, but I'm voting for you anyway. I'm just going to write George on my ballot because I want someone who understands this issue. I mean, it's really important to us. We need to decide, even just as citizens in the public, we need to decide. I don't have to have the government solve all my problems. That would help tremendously with what we're asking the government to do and what the government's actually getting involved in and ruining for us. Hey, look, in terms of energy policy, it's the same thing that we were talking about on uh, last time that we were talking. So nationally, what we're talking about with industry and energy and oil is independence and security. Now, that's what the candidates are focused on. That's what George Bush is focused on today. He's wanting to produce more oil. We're going to go to him in just a minute and hear about what uh, President Bush did in uh, lifting an executive order that I think actually his father had instituted quite a while back. And so we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I'm also asking this. What do you think the government's role ought to be in solving the uh, energy crisis? What does our energy policy need to be about at a federal level? So the question for the day is, what do you think your government is supposed to do? 
What's their job? You can apply it to oil. You can apply it to taxes. You can apply it to whatever you want. I just want to know what you think the government ought to be doing or where you think they ought to be doing less, because I just want a pat on the back and hearing somebody say, yeah, I think the government ought to be doing less also. Okay, enough of that. Uh, Thanks for all the calls we've had so far. Let's go to Justin, I believe. Justin is next. So, Justin, glad you called. Appreciate the time that you're taking to call in from Arlington and want to hear what you have to think. What's up? Well, great. Thanks for taking my call, Dr. Kramer. Oh, you bet. Oh, I think you're breaking up. We're having a hard time hanging on to you. Hey, if you call back, Justin, we'll put you on just as soon as you get through, okay? So as soon as Justin gets through, let me know. We'll put him back through. All right, uh, let's see. We lost Justin, so we're going to George. Uh, sorry. Joe, thank you very much. Uh, Joe, appreciate your calling. What's on your mind? Well, I just want to say that I, I appreciate George's phone call and the reality of that because yeah. we have created these problems without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And we are asking the government to take them to socialism. Yeah. We, we are saying that we can't fix our own problems like a bunch of little children, and we have allowed greed to get in our way, and we want an easy life, and we want it to be simple. And if it gets to be a big mess, then we go running home to Mama and say, Mama, I can't live out here by myself. You're going to have to fix it for me. Yeah, and you know, uh, Joe, I'm, I'm, almost as, I'm almost convinced that it's not as much greed as it is just fear. We don't want anything to go wrong. And if the government lets anything go wrong, we blame them. So they just have a bigger and bigger role trying to find every potential pitfall in our lives and prevent that somehow. You understand yeah, what I'm saying? I would have to jump back with greed because you look yeah. at the housing industry and where we stand right now, I mean, the reason we're in the mess is because there were people that wanted houses they could not pay for. They oh, I understand that. They didn't have the yeah. credit to pay for it. They yeah. didn't have the income to pay for it, but yeah. they wanted the pie in the sky, now let's just, and we're spoiled. Let's just put this in perspective, though. Do you think, Joe, that Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, and we're going to talk about them a little later if we get time to, do you think they would have begun this process of endorsing or backing loans to people who didn't even have proof of income if they had not had this government attitude, we want everyone to be in a home. We want everyone to be able to to be provided for and taken care of one way or another. What's the, what you know? Yeah, I, I believe that they wanted everybody to be in a home, and I don't have a problem with everybody being in a home. That's that's never the issue. Right. The problem is, is when you go above and beyond. It's like, should everybody have a car to drive? Yes, but should everybody drive a Mercedes? No. Well, I, look, I'm not even convinced everybody should have a car to drive. I mean, the reality is you have to earn the money to buy a car in order to drive a car. That's exactly right. And that's the problem is, is we're in this, the the money was there to get, and it was there to have. Right. If, it's just like giving college students credit cards. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. how intelligent is that? Yeah, These yeah. are young people that don't know how to manage money, so let's right. give them a credit card to help start their life out in a positive direction. And that's just stupid. And so we're handing out money to people that don't know how to manage the money. Yeah, right. Don't know what to do with the money, and they get themselves into a big deep hole. But listen, if we if we let the bank come in here and let's dig them out. Right. L- listen to this. If we let the bank that. that loans that money to that college student go under because they don't get any money back from the college students, wouldn't they right. stop loaning it to the college students? No, they're going to find more investors and throw more money at the situation. No, no, see, that, but 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 no, because see, they're, they're out to make money. 5%. The banker is out to make money also. So if he's not sure. making money off of it, and if he doesn't have security that he's going to make money off of it, he's not going to loan the money. 
He's just not going to do it. So if the government doesn't go in and bail out the people who are making faulty loans of any kind, if they never do that, then the people will stop making the faulty loans because they're not going to make any money off of it. They go bankrupt. Now, I know it's a bigger industry than that, and I know there's more complication than that. But I I do understand. I I kind of agree with you now. I, I think you're right. Greed is part of the problem. That is part of what goes on. But I think greed can be regulated by the free market. And the reality is you don't need government to figure that out. So That's the same you know thing that. with the oil prices. Everybody, yep, oil I agree. prices and gas. Let's I agree. bring in here and let's bring the price of gas down. I agree 100%. And everybody needs to get away from the price of gasoline and just let that go because if you the price of diesel <laughs> is what's getting you. Oh, man, it's out, yeah, outrageous. And raising the price of everything else. Listen, Joe, I appreciate a great call, and uh, but I've padded our backs together too long. We're, we're, we're in agreement, man. I'm with you 100%. Justin, I appreciate you calling back. Sorry for the problem we had earlier with the phone. Uh, now yeah, what's on your mind? One of the things that obviously we do need government in is obviously we need to get good uh, Christian representatives elected into our legislature. But here in Texas, for example, we spend billions of dollars every year educating and medically treating illegal immigrants in Texas. We have one of the highest uninsured populations in the country, and that uninsured population just so happens to coincide with the number of illegal immigrants that we have in this country. Yeah, so you're saying the fact that people are uninsured is draining the economy of part of the productivity that we need. No, necessarily what I would say is that uh, in looking at some of the facts and figures, uh, the amount of uninsured is equal to the amount of illegal immigrants we have in Texas. Okay, and what's the problem that comes from that exactly? What are you well, saying? Well, down the road, we as taxpayers are going to be paying for all of that. Somebody has gotcha. to pay to, to medically sure. treat them. Somebody has and, to pay and to wh- them. And why is that, that we're going to have to pay for it? Because we believe well, they have a right to medical absolutely. care. And so, that's one of the things that we need strong uh you know, small government-minded representatives. Well, you're office. not kidding. You no. are not. You're not kidding. This is a great point, Justin. Now, let me just clarify this for everybody. I know that everybody thinks we ought to make it a government-given and enforced right that we provide medical care for everyone. But the reality is, we cannot do that without becoming a socialist state, and that's no. why we're so close to becoming that kind of socialist state. I'm not saying that we shouldn't care for people who cannot pay for their own medical care. But I am saying it shouldn't be a law and it shouldn't be regulated by the government, except how all medical practice is regulated by the government, make it fair, equitable, just, not fraudulent, all that kind of stuff. Well, and Dr. Kramer, let me give you even a yeah. better example. Friends, okay, go. Friends of ours are uh, pregnant. They're American citizens, lived here their entire life. They went to go get uh, medical, actually Medicaid, and right. they got turned down because the husband made $270 more. Right. And the person behind the counter actually told them, if you were here illegally from another country, we could actually raise that amount that, that your husband's allowed to make. Right. Oh, I, yeah, I understand that. Uh, I And I, I understand the frustration that goes with it. Uh, it's a product of having a government that's confused about how involved it's supposed to be in our lives. I'd love to talk some more about this one uh, after the next break because we're going to he- run into our break here in just a second. I'd love to get to one more caller if we're able to do it. So, Justin, I'm going to thank you for a great call, and I'm going to go to Tom, and that frees up a line if you're interested in calling at one. 1-800-881-9270. And let me just say thanks for calling, Tom. What's on your mind? Well, uh, Dr. Kramer, I just pulled out my old 
copy of the Communist Manifesto. And <laughs> I hope at, you don't pull that out I'm, all the time. I'm looking at ten planks here, and I see about seven of them already instituted. Number two <laughs> was a heavy progressive and graduated income tax. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it, this just this just strikes me, Tom. I appreciate you saying that. Thanks for the call and for reminding us about uh, how imposing that kind of government can be. Now, I'm not just going to say income tax is inherently evil. I oppose. I mean, I support a different kind of tax. I'd be all for it, but I'm not for just not supporting the government. But as much as I want, like, for instance, Justin had mentioned, to elect Christian leaders to our legislature, I want to do that. You know why? Because they share the values that I have. And one of those fundamental values is a respect for individual liberties in the society. So whether a person's a Christian or not, I'm going to vote for them if they're supporting those individual liberties. And by the way, that includes supporting a smaller government, less regulation, and greater freedom for the individual. Let's talk some more when we come back right after this break on Jerry Johnson Live. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. And we are back talking about how involved the government is in our lives and uh, whether there is some limit to this thing, because the government naturally wants to become more intrusive in our lives. It's not an evil feature of government. It's just a natural feature of government, which I'll explain some more about later, and we've talked about some of it already. But uh, we want to understand what you think government is supposed to do. What do you think your government is supposed to do? And one of the key areas where that's coming up right now now is that the government's intervening in the mortgage industry, for instance. It's intervening in the oil industry. It's stepping in and trying to make things different. And there are some good ways to do that and some bad ways to do that. I'm always in favor of the government doing less, but sometimes the government needs to do a lot in order to do less. In other words, they need to make a lot of changes in themselves and pull themselves back considerably. One of those areas where that could happen right now, and by the way, we're going to get to our callers. The lines are full right now. We're going to get right to them in just a moment. I just want to play this one thing from George, uh, from President Bush, and then get a response from the uh, Senate Majority Leader, I believe, we're going to get a response from. And then we're going to go right to the callers. Vicki in Fort Worth will be first. But uh, coming to the president, today he lifted an executive order which previously had prevented drilling offshore for oil. And I believe it was his father who signed that executive order to begin with, and he has now rescinded that order so that what, oil industries are free to go ahead and uh, get out there? Oil companies are free to get out there and drill for the oil? Well, not quite, because Congress is also going to have to act to make it legal for them to do that. So here's what uh, President Bush said as he lifted this executive order. With this action, the executive branch's restrictions on this exploration have been cleared away. This means that the only thing standing between the American people and these vast oil resources is action from the U.S. Congress. <laughs> That's a scary thought when you think we're dependent on Congress to solve a problem now. But at least all Congress has to do is allow it to happen. Just step out of the way and make it happen. So is that likely to follow? Well, let's hear what Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid says in response. They're not using the 68 million acres of federal land they've leased. Blah, blah, blah. And interestingly enough, the incentives we've given them to invest in alternatives and refineries... Oh has been of no avail to them. They simply have not moved forward. 
Wow, they haven't moved forward. I, I can't imagine why. I, I assume it's just because they don't want the money. They just don't want the money. These oil companies, they're just out to wreck the planet in some way. And so they'd rather drill where oil is more expensive and where it's more difficult to get to than to go to these free lands with just vast oil reserves sitting under them and ready to use in the domestic lands that we have right now already bestowed by the government who wants to direct what the oil companies are going to Well, you get the point. If it was profitable, they'd be doing it. If it was affordable, they They'd be doing it. It's the same reason they're buying foreign oil now, because it's cheaper than the heavily regulated kind of oil they'd have to drill out of American soil right now. That's what's going on. We want to fix the problem. You reduce government regulation. It's that simple. Okay, so anyway, with all that said, and I appreciate your patience. I know you've had to wait for quite a while. So, Vicki in Fort Worth, thank you so much for calling. What's on your mind? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Well, you know, um, one I good really reason. I just had a comment. Yes, go ahead. Um, you know, I totally agree with the first caller about the property tax issue. Um, and <laughs> I think that the people in the government are making way too much money, is my opinion. <laughs> They're supposed to be, um, you know, representing us. How can they represent the average American when right. they are getting paid what they get paid? Uh, and I are, don't believe we vote on them getting pay raises. I think they vote themselves pay raises. Are you talking about the congressmen, or are you talking about yes. people that work in the, the as bureaucrats? The people that actually make these laws. Oh, yeah, well, I get you there. You know, make the decisions. I mean, yeah. They don't struggle to pay their property taxes. Yeah, it seems like something must be up when uh, Congress votes their own pay raises. And, I agree totally. And, and they and, do it at such so odd times. it's not completely our fault, because <laughs> we put them in there with good intentions. Right. And they go in and change it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I don't have a problem with that. And there's a huge conflict of interest with the pay raise thing and all that. But, you know, the truth of the matter is a lot of those guys could make more money in the private sector. There's just a lot more power in the position they hold in the government. And that's why they serve there. And, I, and I'm just going to say, Vicki, I think a big part of the problem is not that we send them with the best intent and then they pervert that intent on their own. I, I actually think we send them with the wrong intent. I, I think they believe we're sending them there, and I think all, oftentimes we are, so that they can solve our problems for us, so that they can right. prevent any problems that we're going to have. So you understand what I'm saying there? Right. I do understand. I just think that if they lived like the average American lived, uh, they may think a little harder before they pass these laws. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I, no doubt about it. I, I agree. That might be the case. Uh, I want to promote the wealth of anybody who can earn it. That's what I want to promote. I'm not looking for somebody to drain the economy and not put something into it, but for them to promote it first. And if they have to earn it, that's great. And so if they're just voting themselves pay raises, I can see the conflict that you're raising. Vicki, great call. Thanks very much for your input. Let's go one more. Uh, Bob and Terrell, thanks for calling. Hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. What's up? Yes, Dr. Kramer, the, uh, the job of the people that are in the Congress and uh, in government is to represent the people. Yeah. And also about uh, drilling for oil. Yeah. It's time for we tell the congressman we're not going to buy the lie that it's not going to help us in 10 years if we start drilling for oil. When we start drilling for oil, that's when the Saudi Arabia and the other oil-producing people in the, Saudi, in the Middle East are going to say, hey, America means business. We better start coming down on our oil prices that we're selling our oil for. It's going to cause the oil prices in America to come down. Bob, I, I appreciate your call. Actually, this time, I'm just going to say with you, that's that's pretty re- those are pretty reasonable statements. They make sense to me. I agree with you in a lot of ways. And I'm going to say uh, the reality is if we start drilling and we get in more oil, of course the prices are going to come down. Now, they're not going to come down uh, precipitously. They're not just going to fall to a dollar a gallon or something like that. And thinking we're going to drill and just keep the oil for ourselves is also a little naive. We're in an 
international economy. The amount of oil we produce affects the amount of oil that's available internationally. Now, that's messed up by people like Hugo Chavez, but I don't want to be in the camp with Hugo Chavez. I'm for the free market, and I believe we produce enough oil. We keep some of that oil here for us, maybe protect some of that oil, but not too much, because if we become protectionist, we just lead to the same kind of hypocrisy that produces the socialist internal state. I don't want that either. So I'm for the free market. I believe in it. I believe we ought to be producing more, and I believe Bush was doing the right thing when he did that. You know, uh, the Senate Majority Leader, Harry Reid, we were were, uh, playing audio from a few minutes ago, uh, he today took his finger off the oil industry, you know, as, as those evil oil companies are trying to make too much money, takes it off of that, points it to the speculators on the market. We need to attack, crack down on excess speculation. <laughs> now, we know that speculation is not the problem, but it is certainly one of the significant problems. Yeah, crack down on speculation. Okay, if there's one person, you know, if one of the Bass Brothers is investing all of his money in oil and harvesting all of this oil, all these oil futures for himself so that he can raise the price of it and then sell it all of a sudden and then it not be worth anything. Okay, that's a problem. If we're going to do the the hunt type thing, you know, whatever. If we're going to try to do that, that's fine. Talk about silver. But that's not happening. You know why people buy futures at the price they buy them at? Because they think it's going to be worth more than that when they sell it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be buying it that way. So we make it so that it's not profitable to buy the uh, to buy the futures at that price. They won't buy them at that price. How do we do that? Make more supply. Promise more supply in the future. Make it available right now. So uh, we get to work letting the free market do what it wants to do, and it's incredible how much of this will go away. All right, we've had some great calls already. We're, our lines are full, I believe, again. So uh, we're going to line one. I'm not sure who it is. Is it John? John, thanks for calling. I'm sorry I didn't get your name right right off the bat. But thank you for calling and waiting and being patient. What's on your mind, John? Oh, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, a caller called earlier about uh, the one fellow that went to the hospital and was refused because he made $270 more. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, there ought to be a loophole since there's loopholes for every everything that happens that usually doesn't work for the better of the, the good people. They, they could have said, okay, you could pay the difference of $270 and pay it out. Right. Uh, I work in the healthcare industry. Um, you know, one of the things that our state and federal law says is, Everybody that walks the street is supposed to have an ID on them. If somebody comes into those ERs, you know, you may have to um, morally accept them to, to help them with their sure. medical needs. Sure. But you ought to be able to make a phone call without violating HIPAA and saying, we've got somebody here that's a hero, illegal. Yeah. Treat them and, then, and then turn them over to you. Boy, that, that makes a lot of sense. I understand what you're saying, but you understand why they don't do that, because then it just discourages people from coming in, and they stay out on the street, and then you have a public health problem and so on. That's the argument that people give against it. I really don't know which direction to go with that. That's, that's good input. And I'm going to mention on the income thing, I, I don't think it's just a matter of paying the difference. I think it's the matter that when you cross over a certain income threshold, you don't qualify for certain Medicaid aid to begin with. And so I think you understood that, but I just wanted to clarify it for everybody that's listening. At best, I understand it anyway. And Oh, man, are you kidding? Look, if I go to the hospital, I give my wife all the forms. And I just say, look, if you can figure any of this out, then get the insurance to pay what you can get them to pay and let me know what the rest of it is. And I just can't do it. I mean, I, I'm so con- I've got a Ph.D., and I, can't, I don't even want to touch whatever's going on with all that paperwork that's going on at the hospital. I just don't want to get around it. It's too confusing. So uh, what a mess we get into because of the regulations that we've got going. Uh, David, I appreciate your calling in and being so patient again. Tell me what's on your mind, David. Yeah, I just wanted to say that our current uh, income tax uh, system is actually a disincentive to make money. Uh, it, it discourages people when uh, 
if you taxed consumption rather than income, you'd have people trying to make more money because they yeah. wouldn't have to worry about paying tax on yeah. it. And they'd probably be less likely to go into deep debt. Yeah, David, I do. I, I understand that issue. I don't want to get too off track today because we could talk about ways the government should do the things that they do uh, in a lot of ways. And I think that's one of the ones that really needs to be considered. Of course, the opposite end of that is that if you start taxing what people buy, then you discourage economic activity because you discourage people from purchasing things on the other end. So uh, there's a disadvantage both ways, and that's something that needs to be considered. I think it needs to be simplified a whole lot. It's an absurdly complex system right now. But uh, how to work that out is a different problem than today's problem, which is how much should the government be doing to begin with, and would we be willing to live in a country where we accepted the responsibility ourselves for the things that are going on in our lives, where we accepted the fact that if something went wrong, and if the bottom fell out, and if our lives didn't turn out the way we wanted, that we would have to take up responsibility for it instead of expecting the government to take up responsibility for it. And I don't know that people are willing to commit to that. Now, we have some other callers that are on on the line we're going to get to just as soon as we can right after the break. But what we're going to be talking about is what the Christian perspective of government involvement ought to be. How involved should the government be in our lives? We often ask the question, how involved should we be in government? I want to know how involved should the government be in our lives when we come back on Jerry Johnson Live. Criswell College is proud to present the new Mac at Night program. It's a Master of Arts in Counseling degree obtained by attending evening block classes. There are licensure and non-licensure options depending on your career goals. Mac at Night features some of the best professors in the field of Christian counseling, and all courses are biblically based. Expand your ministry or prepare for a doctorate. Criswell College makes it simple and convenient. All Mac at Night courses are scheduled with the working professional in mind. If you've got a full-time job, a busy lifestyle, or even raising a family, you're perfect for Mac at Night. Get your Master of Arts in Counseling at Criswell College with Mac at Night. Call 800-899-0012 or go to criswell.edu. That's 800-899-0012 or criswell.edu. Invest in God's work and yourself through this convenient program through the Criswell College. It's Mac at Night. See criswell.edu. That's criswell.edu. listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. We're asking where the line is, where the government ought to stop and say, uh, we don't go any further than this because this is where we begin to violate your freedoms. Well, the government's never going to say that. So we have to figure out how to say to our government, because we're the ones who choose it. We decide what it's going to look like. We have to decide how we're going to say and when we're going to say to our government, here is the line. We do not want you to come and solve our problems here. We'll take care of it ourselves. And so we've just been asking you today, what do you think your government is supposed to do? What's their job? We've been getting a lot of input. I'm sorry we haven't been able to get to everybody, and sorry we haven't been able to give everybody as much time as they'd like to have, because I'm really actually very interested in the things we've been hearing. But uh, we got to get to all we can, and there are a few things we need to say at the end here uh, to wrap things up and kind of get a perspective on it. So first, let's go to Jayla, though. Jayla, thank you so much for calling. Appreciate your time calling in from Ennis, great little community down there. So what's on your mind? Hey, Dr. Kramer, thank you so much for taking my call. And Absolutely. This is really a comment. I agree wholeheartedly with Bob, who called and said, yes, if we release, if the government shows a force of releasing oil rights and drilling and et cetera, then the foreign nations are going to take a look at us and say, oh, they're serious, they mean business, but 
do our congressmen and our, our people in Washington, do they not understand that? <laughs> do they think that we're just out to destroy the environment? Do they just think we're out to live? I, 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 I'm speechless. I, I have no answer for you. I, I think the I look, I listen to these people speak, and I just say to myself, what are they thinking? Do and they? We, were, we put them in office. I mean, if we'd have known how stupid they really were, <laughs> we'd have voted for them at the time. Yeah, I, you know that that's the issue. They're not stupid. There's just something that's not connecting. Something about economics they don't get. And I'm no economist. I mean, there are a ton of things I don't understand. There are tons of things about every part of our economy I don't understand. But I understand this. If you let the free market run, it will run right. The only regulation the government needs to do is to make sure that all the players stay on an even field. When we do that, then we give people the freedom to profit and... Listening to us. Uh, yeah, well, when we start caring enough to speak to them the way they hear, which is by voting, that's how you do it. Uh, but we don't care enough. We we will go and we'll vote for our incumbents, and I'm guilty along with everybody else. But we just we go vote for the incumbent. And we just keep the same people in office and let them maintain the power. And some of those people deserve to be in office, so I'm not criticizing that at all. I'm not trying to attack everybody who's in office. That's not it at all. And again, I'm not trying to push the blame off on government. But we need to find out who's for less government and who's actually going to bring it to pass. And if they don't, we vote against them. And then they might start listening. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Hey, I'm with you. Thank you very much for your call. Great job. And I appreciate your input, Jared. Thank you for calling as well. And I appreciate your patience. Uh, if you're still there, give us your input, Jared. Yes. Yeah. What are you thinking? Um, well, uh, what I was going to say, um, the environmental issue, yeah. after all, is global. Not, uh-huh. It's not doesn't have anything to do with a continent. Right. So if the environmentalists care so much about protecting the environment, then they should encourage us to drill in the U.S. Yeah. Not Tell them why. Us. Tell them why. You're right. Tell them but, why. Well, the reason why is because we're going to do a better job of it over here, a more, if you will, environmentally friendly job of it over here. That's right. Than the people that we're buying it from and That's by right. forcing us to go overseas and buy it from these Eastern countries, they're actually supporting the very thing they claim to oppose, the yeah. environmentalists. That yeah, a- absolutely. I, I, you're right on the mark. And, you know, here, here's the deal. Half the population of the world's in India and China. Half the population of the world. Neither of those countries is going to sign on to the G8 environmental goals for 2050. And half the population of the world is just trying to get out of poverty. They're just trying to figure out how to build enough coal plants so that they can pollute the air and kill everyone. Well, of course not. But they're trying to figure out how they can have enough money so they can feed everybody, so they can survive. And, uh, you know, our high and mighty plans for saving the planet by stopping this environmentally sensitive kinds of drilling that we do here. I'm with you, boy. That's a great call, Jared. I appreciate that very much. Now, uh, everything that we're doing, we're just talking about where government ought to be. I'm going to throw this in real quickly since Jared just mentioned the environmentalism and global warming. I I learned something today that troubled me deeply, and I'm sure hoping the government steps in and fixes this, too. And that is that global warming, I'm just reading you the headline. I'm not exaggerating it one tiny bit. Global warming may increase kidney stones, according to researchers. And we're not just talking any researchers. We're talking researchers at the University of Texas. And, man, am I glad they have stumbled across this truth. Because, you know, if global warming trends continue, quoting them now, as projected by the U.N. Intergovernmental Panel, and how could it not go along their plans? I mean, what they've said is going to happen. 
the United States can expect as much as a 30% growth in kidney stone disease in some of its driest areas. You know why? Because dehydration promotes the development of kidney stones, apparently. Now, as long as the government will step in and make it illegal to have kidney stones, I think we're going to be okay. So we're going we're to look for that and then for an extra tax on people who actually have kidney stones. So you go to the hospital, you have a kidney stone, they'll, get, they'll put a tax on you. You have a tax for producing this kidney stone because it's a product of global warming, and obviously you've contributed to this problem. And uh, ingrown toenails may be next. You might be right, Larry. That might be exactly what's coming next. It's just insane where we're going. Let me talk to you about this for just a second. Would you just, just take a second to hear this out? Because I do believe the Bible's clear on what the government's role is. Now, the government does all kinds of things that I might not agree with, and that doesn't mean that I can just uh, shirk off the government's uh, authority over me. I still am submissive, no matter what. So I'm not pretending that I'm not going to answer to the government for what they do, but they can overstep their bounds. And what the Bible describes, what, what, a, what a Christian would see the government doing that's legitimate, involves the public interest in terms of punishing evildoers. That's in Romans 13. You're all familiar with that. Or in 1 Timothy 2, what I pray for the government to provide the environment in which I can live a godly and peaceable life in all honesty. That's what I want them to do. Make a world, make for me a place where I can live peaceably and where I can live honestly. That means prevent fraud and keep other people from killing me. And it's okay. Keep me from killing other people, too. I'm okay with that, too. That's what the government ought to be doing. But I'm not going to go beyond that. Another way of saying that is that the government ought to be involved in preventing fraudulent practice. This is just ensuring the equality of citizens. Preventing fraudulent practices. Fine. That's good. I mentioned last time, a fraudulent practice is selling lottery tickets after you've already given out the prize. That's a fraudulent practice. And governments do that all the time. State governments do that all the time. That's not acceptable. That's when the federal government ought to step in and say, you know, you're doing something fraudulent here. You're promising people a prize that they can't win. So they ought to prevent fraudulent practices, and they ought to maintain an even playing field. The reason we expect them to do more is because we don't want to have to face the risk of uh, something going wrong. Hey, listen, what do you expect the police to do? If we have a crime and we blame the police for not preventing the crime rather than blaming the criminal for committing the crime, then what do you think the police are going to do? They're going to look for new ways to regulate, to police, to clamp down, to prevent crimes, but that means fewer freedoms for all of us. Now, with the police, I understand it because that's their job, provide for the public safety. But with government, unless we define what their role is and limit that, every time we say to them, help, we're also saying to them, take away my freedoms, regulate me to death, when we ought to be saying, Lord, provide us with a place where we can live peaceable and godly lives in all honesty. That's what we want to do. Thanks for listening to Jerry Johnson Live. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.